So today we are talking about the movable middle and other important things no one is talking about, an interview about today's talent market. We have Tracy Bullock here with us. She is with Bullock Training and Development. She is a licensed Sandler training provider based out of Tempe, Arizona. She builds and delivers Sandler programs for companies of all sizes across multiple industries. Hi, Tracy. Hey, nice to see you again, Amy. We also have Andy Campbell. He is a director of sales at Titus Talent Strategies. Titus is a national company. Andy's clients are also all over the country in every industry. Hi, Andy. Hi, thanks for having me. Great, so first of all, tell us about this partnership. Andy, you're with, uh, it may not be obvious, you're with a talent strategy firm and Tracy's among many other things. A Sandler trainer, what is the backstory here? Yeah, um, so about a year and a half ago, we were introduced to uh, Sandler and were so impressed with the process that we were invited to go out to this summit in Orlando, Florida. I think it was in February. Of March, yeah, early March, right before pandemic, right? Yeah. <laughs> so luckily we were able to get there before, you know, the madness. But, um, you know, we, we, we went down to the summit and got to meet a lot of the different trainers and be a part of the the two-day, you know, summit, and it was a really, really cool event, um, and that's where, where Tracy and I met, and we were just talking about so many similarities that we saw in kind of our, our approaches to, you know, we have a systematic approach to, to hiring, um, not just salespeople, but any people, but then, uh, you know, Tracy and, and Sandler had a, a systematic approach to, to onboarding, to coaching, to retention, to all those things post-hire that are so important in our process that um, it just seemed like a, a natural partnership. Um, so we, we've just been continuing the conversation, and um, that's where we are today. Yeah, there's, there's never a better time to build a partnership than when you, first of all, connect personally, right? That's the first part of it, because you build that friendship and trust, and then you find all these professional uh, links that really strengthen um, the ability to work together. At the end, we will link everyone, link their information so you can get a hold of them and uh, crash maybe one of Tracy's courses or get her to come in and speak. Let's get to some questions. You both mentioned a systematic approach. So why do you value a systematic approach in your respective industries and, and do your systems work together? Okay, yeah, why we value a systematic approach, we survey thousands of, of human resources professionals every, every year. Um, and one of the main questions that we ask is, what do you value the most in your hiring decisions? Is it speed, quality, or cost? And probably 99% of the answers that we get say quality. Quality of hire is the most important thing with hiring. Okay, so how do you measure quality of hire? And so that's where we've not always received a great answer. You know, a lot of companies don't really know. Um, some say retention. And as we all know, not every one of our uh, employees are top performers, you know. Um, so we found that that isn't always a great measuring stick for, for quality of hire. Um, so having a system that we, we are able to identify that and, and really define what, what quality of hire looks like, we call it head, heart, and briefcase. Um, 
where I'd say most companies are hiring through mostly just briefcase, uh, you know, significant career achievements, resume, maybe some heart. And a lot of good interviewers can get to, you know, what is this person's heart? You know, what are their core values? How do their core values align with our organizations? But the head is rarely a part of the hiring process. And so we found that um, just hiring through like gut instinct through, I like this person, you know, let's do a panel of interviews and I'll just collectively agree on whether or not we're going to hire this person. Um, you have about a 6% chance of success hiring that way without using any sort of tools or, or anything else. So um, we are a licensed partner of Predictive Index and, and that takes care of the head component for us and understanding um, each candidate's natural behavioral characteristics and their, their cognitive abilities. Um, so using that assessment tool alone increases our, our, ch our chances of a successful hire from 6% without using any sort of tools whatsoever to 58. Um, so, you know, we, we can get our clients into some respectable numbers when they're feeling more confident in their hiring decisions. Um, and I'd say that's why we value that systematic approach to it. Um, and I, I would say that's where also it kind of, you know, naturally progresses into what, you know, Tracy in our, in our partnership and how they can help uh, our clients make sure that they're onboarding clients, uh, on, onboarding candidates the best way. And um, what, what things can they do to make sure that their people are, are achieving those per performance objectives and they're staying with their company and they're successful. Um, so we've seen that kind of have a nice handoff from where we're, we're helping people make the right hiring decisions and put, putting the right people in the right seats. But then how do you make sure that they stay and perform? Yeah, and from my perspective, you said a couple things I always always laugh about, right? You're talking about that three-legged stool, speed, quality, and, and cost, right? And when you take one of them away, what happens to the stool, right? Because <laughs> you need all three, and maybe speed isn't uh, is, is important, right? So maybe that that leg of the stool isn't isn't as tall, but um, at Sandler, the systemic approach really uh, comes to play in three different areas that how do you onboard somebody and do you have a systemic process that says I'm going to surround you for lack of a better word with love right we're going to we're going to make sure you feel like you have a home here we're not going to say there's your desk there's your computer go um, but it really takes the talent that Andy and Titus have worked so hard to bring and 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 actually captures the best of the performance and makes them feel like they have a home there. They can see themselves working, not just for today, but longer term, because they feel like they can contribute, right? That's what the onboarding process is about. Those first 90 days make or break uh, somebody's image of where, whether or not they want to stay. Um, but so, th so that's an onboarding, right? That's, that's where Andy's PI, the predictive index, and, and getting that head, heart, and briefcase are so important. But, but it's also our connection in the handoff. How do we then pass that wonderful talent to the company and make sure that they've got them? Number one reason people leave uh, their jobs is because they can't connect with their manager. The number two reason is they don't feel like they find a home at the company. And number three reason is the company's core values aren't something that they can get behind. Right, so they don't like the direction of where they're going. So knowing that and knowing you go from 6% to 58%, why in the world would we have an approach to hire, to onboard, and then of course, to train, right? 
how do we coach that individual to build a skill set that not only contributes to the company, but contributes to their personal development? As you think about the changes of generations, I don't even want to talk about, well, we will, I'm sure, talk about um, the different work environment we find ourselves in today, but think about cross-generational management and cross-generations in a workforce. It's more and more important that our, that our younger employees feel like they have a home that they can see themselves in and they can contribute. It's not a matter of their age or their tenure at the company, but more importantly, the skills and how we can use them together. So Sandler kind of puts together a system that focuses on three things, building a relationship based on um, making people feel comfortable, that whole trust factor, right? Not just internally, but then translating it to the customers and clients that we deal with. Understanding what expectations are at every step of the process. From there, if we think about it, we need to learn to qualify, to qualify or more importantly, disqualify people that we don't want to waste the company's time on, right? We want to focus on those folks that are great clients because the prospect from hell is always the client from hell. We know this. And then fulfill the needs, um, not just what we sell, but how the customer needs to see it, feel it, take it within their budget and the way they make decisions, because that's how we all get referrals. That's how the relationship continues long-term. So from the beginning, bringing the right talent in all the way through the end, representing to the customer is where I really feel that our systems work well together. Excellent. Now I know in your, as a keynote speaker, you've spoken a lot about the movable middle. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that will or skill kind of process or maybe what you're seeing even during our pandemic world about maybe the risks of a wrong hire or after that pass off is done. Um, talk to us a little bit about how you would coach or train that movable middle. Yeah. So you're always going to have that top 10 or 15% of folks who are motivated because they want to do well. And, and individuals, frankly, are only motivated by one of three things or a combination thereof achievement, doing a good job at what they do, status, they want to be the best, recognized as the best, and they want to continue to move up, or relationships, who they work with, how they work with people. So you're going to have the top 10, 15% of your organization in any industry continue to work and be motivated and find new ways to be creative and deliver the results, right? But you have what what Amy's referring to is the movable middle, right? That 60 to 65% of the people who are going to do one of two things, given the right direction, given the right methodology and system to approach success, those folks are going to not move to the bottom, but in fact, float to the top because they don't think about what they need to do. They think about how they need to do it and how they need to do it in relationship to the people they're talking to. So as managers, as leaders, we need to make sure that we hire for the, for the top talent, but it's the movable middle, the 60, let's call it 65% of folks who uh, deserve both, of our, both our attention, our coaching, and our time. And that is where the head and the heart come in because we know they have the talent to do it, but we've got to tap into that head and heart that um, Titus is so good at helping to identify. You will always have bottom performers, and those are the people that fly below the radar. 
right? They do just enough not to get fired. So the um, business closing and opening and closing and opening again really provides, or actually I think puts spotlights on performance and spotlights on people who really are embodying the culture of the company. Yeah, that's fantastic. Very well spoken. Uh, so let's get back to this head piece. Um, assessments are tricky and there's so many out there. Why can you just fill that story out for us a little bit, Andy? Why, why predictive index for you? Well, you know, there's a lot of them out there. We, when we were researching which, which would be best for Titus, we found PI and, and, realize that it's the most validated assessment tool on the market. So they're constantly, um, you know, investing in the technology. I think they invested $75 million last year into their platform. Um, you know, some of the biggest companies in the world, AT&T, Harvard, Mayo Clinic, the NCAA, the NFL, the, you know, it's, the list goes on and on at the companies that use predictive index. But, um, you know, for us going back to, you know, why is, why is an assessment tool important? I think a lot of companies hire on, like I said before, a lot of companies hire on briefcase alone or, or sometimes maybe just heart when they say this person is just like me. I like this person. I'm going to hire them. And, and so many companies do that. But the problem with that is that you end up with a culture where everyone is the same. And so you don't realize the potential shortfalls that you might have within your organization or you need those, you know, that third wheel of the, that third leg of the stool. Um, and you might not realize it. Where, where, where do you need those people that are going to keep the wheels on the bus? Um, you know, if you have a culture where everyone's the same, everyone's, you know, those drivers, those, those people that don't care about details, they don't have any patience. Um, you're going to find that you're going to have some areas within your company that, you need those people that are different. Um, so for us, predictive index allows us to see who the people are that we're bringing in, but then how do they relate with the, with the existing team? So understanding those relationship guides, here's the person you're going to be reporting to, here's their personality profile, and here's how, you know, some coaching guides to help them best work together. Um, so for us, it's not just a hiring tool. A lot of companies use assessment tools just for a hire, it's like almost like an elimination tool, which is actually illegal to do. But, um, you know, using a, an assessment tool that allows you to see someone almost like we call it seeing someone in 3D. Um, but, you know, what, what, what are their core values? How do they align with your organization's core values? What are their significant career achievements? What is their, you know, natural behavioral characteristics? And how do those align with their hiring manager, with their team? Um, so, we're able to, to do a lot of things outside of just using it as a hiring tool. And I think where, that's where kind of that transition happens so nicely with, with Sandler and with, with Tracy and her team is we can say, hey, here's, here's some tools that we can use, but ultimately this person's going to need more coaching. They're going to need um, more investments. And, um, you know, people like to, to believe that their organization's investing in their, in their success and in their performance. Um, and that's what's, you know, I think what ultimately makes people stay where, where they're at. Yeah, I, I, you're talking about diversity of thought and diversity of talent. And, you know, if you want to get 
spotlight on what's going on. Diversity is so important, and it's it's important in every aspect of what we do. Um, diversity is much more than skin color or religion, right? It's how we approach a problem. It's how we think about solutions. It's um, formed by how we grew up and how we internalize uh, who we are and who we want to be and be able to project that into the company that we've chosen to work with. And I, I think you said it so well when you talk about um, even like NFL teams and all of that, it, it's more than just the positions, right? It's more right. than hiring a good front line or a good defensive, you know, a good defensive line or a good front offensive line. It, it goes way beyond that. It's yeah. can, can I build trust? And again, that's that first part of the Sandler system is, building a trusting relationship. Can I build trust within the company that you're putting me in? And Amy, you talked about skill or will, and you think about that movable middle, take it one step further. To Andy's point, you can hire great skill, but are they motivated to use it? Will they use it? So when somebody says to me, Trace, I have a, uh, my, my team has a uh, results issue. I, some people are really delivering, but that's only one or two, right? We've got all these other people that are just kind of there. I've got my all-stars and I've got other people and um, I need help. And my first question is, is what have you done, obviously, to help them, right? Would you keep them? Are they trainable? Which means not only can they learn, but will they learn? Yeah. And, and those are the people, Andy, that, that we're really talking about here, right? Because there's sometimes you put people in the wrong position who have great raw talent, but they might be a perfect fit for the company too. So that's where your assessment comes in saying, well, no wonder they're not doing well. <laughs> You've got them in the wrong, on the wrong seat to, to, to refer to good to great, right? Right. We're on the right bus. They're just in the wrong seat. But that's what I love about assessments as you think about moving people through an organization and bringing them, not just bringing them in, but think about building your own talent internally. You have to know not just what they can do today, but can they achieve what you hired them to achieve? Yeah. Yeah, this is fascinating. If people are watching and wanting to connect with you and um, we're going to put your information here, um, or the information is here. You can click the link, um, connect with Tracy. I do want to give you guys both a chance to talk about, you know, things that no one else is talking about during pandemic. What else are you seeing? Um, what, what have you heard yourself say offline that, uh, in, in your respective industries about talent? What, what, what are you seeing right now? For, well, for me, um, you know, regardless of how, how high or low unemployment is, our, our clients always want top performers. So that really hasn't changed much with us in terms of, yes, we have more accessibility to talent um, with unemployment so high, but it really doesn't change that our clients want the, the top performers. They still want the top 10 percenters. Um, but then going back to the movable middle, I think something that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about right now is is trimming some of the fat in their companies. People that are, are those movable middle people, but maybe moving out of the middle or, or out of the organization. So we're seeing a lot of companies that are, are um, you know, kind of assessing their talent now and 
who, who's the best team that we need coming out of this and the strongest team coming out of this? And we need to make some changes. And I, I have seen quite a bit of that. Well, and it's interesting you say that because one of the things that um, I'm constantly telling people is this is such a huge opportunity. And it's that language that I refuse to let my clients use the, oh, in these challenging times, right? These are, we have been given, sure, we have a reset button that somebody just pressed, but this is such an opportunity for us to evaluate three things, right? Our strategy that we wrote first quarter won't work today. So how do we change up strategy? How do we bring in um, the right ideas to pivot and move forward? Because this is reality that we face today. We can whine about it. We can embrace it and figure out what change should be. And a part of that has to be what positions do we need to lead that strategy and what people do we bring in? And it's okay if they don't have the talent today, but how can we train them to get them there, right? The other thing I'd say that, that Andy just triggered in my mind is what a perfect time to reassess your organization. You might have assessed them at higher, but there's nothing saying you can't reassess your organization to determine do we have the right people to get us where we need to go to pivot and move forward. And then um, the last thing I tell people is it's okay that your skill set today is uh, either number one rusty or number two won't work because things are very, very different in a communication standpoint, right? Think about account management and how it, that's changed. Customer service. I don't know if you've ever tried to get on with a high-speed internet provider, but I don't even think they can define customer service, so let alone spell it, right? Um, but don't get me off on that. I've obviously had a bad experience lately, um, but, but more importantly, it's how about treating others with the optimism and the how can I help you and the embrace of whatever's next instead of being caught back so that the people who were at that bottom and, and the people Andy referred to in the movable middle who kind of sink, those are the people that want to say, I can't do anything, throw their hands up and say, nothing I can do, can't get anybody on the phone, guess I'll just stay home and you know, play with the dog. So to wrap up, we hope you've been inspired by this conversation. If you want to learn more about Sandler or Titus, if your company needs help in hiring or training, or just want to continue this dialogue about our res respective systematic approaches, please reach out. We'd love to connect. We'd love to continue this dialogue. Uh, we truly enjoy the partnership between Titus and Sandler, and we'd love to um, bring you into that and help in any way that we can. <laughs>